you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Mark Pacella. And you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hi there, and welcome back to the Epic Marvel Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Bindley, and today I have for you an interview with illustrator Mark Pacella. Now, a lot of you may not know Mark. He's not one of the most well-known names in the industry, but he worked in comics for, I don't know, just under 10 years or so, um, especially at Marvel, where he did a a stint on X-Force. He was the guy that replaced Rob Liefeld after Rob left. And he also did a few comics here and there, which we will discuss in this interview with him. So uh, just before we get to that, though, I want to um, quickly plug our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. If you look for Epic Marvel Pod or Epic Marvel Podcast on any of those social media platforms, you'll find us. I'd love it if you connect with us and share your love of comics with us. And don't forget to check out also patreon.com slash thunderquack, where if you become a supporter at as little as five bucks a month, then you can get access to a ton of cool exclusive interviews, exclusive discussions or episodes, uh, not just comic related, but all sorts. I think there was um, an episode about the the new solo movie was just posted recently. So yeah, you might want to check that out. So yeah, here you go. This is my interview with Mark, and I hope you enjoy it. When you first got into comics, was that something where you were like, um, I want to make a career out of this. This is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Not for the rest of my life. I love to draw. I will have my pencil with me and my drawing board uh, when I go. It doesn't always matter to me what I apply myself to as long as I can draw. Some people say I don't draw that well, and I, I, I give them that. I probably agree with them, but I love to draw. Yeah. So I've always said I want to find jobs where people pay me to draw. And uh, I started my career doing fanzines for free and then from there I did fanzines for money and then I said I want to do editorial illustration I went to editorial illustration worked for the New York Times Village Voice uh, New York Times Book Review I worked for two years I did pen and ink work um, and I, I liked that but the thing was it was limited you, you got to read some tremendous articles so I had some tremendous writers politics science literature and I had to come up with some sort of an idea and go back to your art director and say, here's an idea for a, for a, you know, an editorial spot or two. But I, I thought it was kind of limited because it was only one or two spot illustrations at a time. And I said, well, I want to draw more. I want to do a lot more drawing. I, and I loved comics as a kid. I was a big comic fan. I still am. And I said, well, I need to go and work in comics. And so uh, how did I start that? I have no idea. I started by going to comic book conventions. Yeah. And studying everything I could and looking at everybody and talking and finally sitting down and doing sketches and and drawing for people and making friends and connections and finding out what I had to do. And from there, oh, I don't know, I think I started working for independence 
like Eclipse or Mr. Monster. Yeah, Mr. Monster, Airboy, some, that's some of the earliest credited stuff that I can find for you. Um, mm -hmm. Working with, um, you? did you work with... Michael Gilbert. Oh, Michael, yeah. He hired me as a finisher. I was I, I could ink also, and he would send me his, his breakdowns and roughs, and I would trace them up. I'd redraw them, and then I would ink them. And that was kind of a cool thing to do because it was basically just enhancing his work without having to go and go out on a limb on my own. <laughs> so that was a good way to learn how, oh, yeah. how to story tell. And he was, he was a, he's a great storyteller. He had a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of action. He had little things that I liked. He was just kind of a sloppy, he had kind of a sloppy style, which I did kind of like. Though I also liked the energy in his style. That was kind of cool. But I also want a little more. I was also a right some fanatic and. Jeff Jones and Mike Kaluta. I, I like more polished Russ Heath. I like polishing the work, but Michael's work was more um, visceral and, and cartoony. So that was kind of a cool thing to do. And so from there, I gosh, how did I branch off from that? Probably more independent work. A few more jobs here and there. I worked at Heavy Metal magazine. Oh yeah. I did a job for um, I, some kind of project. I did a five pager for, and then I got to go back and pitch my own five or six pager which I wrote, drew, and illustrated. And that was a lot of fun, except the editor was, she was crazy. She, oh, no. I was crazy, but she was crazier. <laughs> and she just wanted me to start changing words. She said, you can't use this word. I go, why not? She said, well, you know, it's an ugly word. I go, it's, it's, it was, I wrote this, you know, I, I always write this, I write, I write crazy. I'm not, I'm not a really good writer. I, I, write, I write, I like poetry, I like prose. I like stream of consciousness, kind of a jazzy type of a feel to what I read or what I write. And so I had written this thing in a way, and then she's like, well, she just wants to change all the writing. And I'm like going, no, no, it's, let me, you know, good or bad, it's me. I go, the drawing, didn't want to change the artwork. I know this, well, no, she didn't want to change, yeah, the artwork she wanted to change because, oh, this is a good one. This is a good story. You want to hear this one? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. <sighs> heavy metal. Did this story of heavy metal. Okay. The woman the art director or director of the magazine, her, one of her, her biggest problem with the artwork was, I had made the breasts too big. <laughs> yeah. On the on the girl. Okay. And and here's the thing, I worked in photo reference. Yeah. I had this model. Yeah. I you know I didn't I didn't ad lib I didn't do a I didn't do a Richard Corbin I didn't do any kind of a I didn't I didn't play with it I I really wanted to do this the right way. And I said to her I go this is real this this girl is real this is my girlfriend at the time I said this is real I go I don't, don't ask me why she's got these but they're not they're, these are real I go you know I can bring her in here <laughs> no 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 everything she could to kind of like um, jump on me and then then with the wording and stuff so long story short I, we finally agreed on the disagree I said do what you want I said I need to make I need to have I need to pay the rent I said so do what you want to do and for some strange reason it went through and got printed exactly as I wanted it without yeah, even though I had to fight with her for like a half an hour, I go, "Why did we fight for half an hour when you still printed it the way it was?" I, I didn't, I don't understand that. So that was kind of an odd, odd experience. But again, I, I loved telling stories, and I and and, and I tried to always say, so "Who's who's the audience?" I was, I was, when I did any work I, I do, all the jobs I've worked on, editorial, comic book illustration, film, commercials, uh, cartoons, any illustrations for all kinds of weird things. I think, who is the Who's, who wants to see this? Who's going to enjoy this? Mm -hmm. You know, what part of me can relate to these people? And I can go, yeah, if we sit together in the front row, we can sit together at the comic shop, or we can sit together at the magazine rack and go, yeah, this is this is what we're at. And I always try to do that. And when I went to Marvel, it was the same. When I finally got to Marvel, it was the same thing. I'm going, I want to do, I want to do, to be the best Marvel guy I can. 
with what little, you know, limited skills that I had at the time. I wasn't, you know, the greatest penciler. I didn't have all the chops that a lot of guys had, but I said I had the enthusiasm. I said I really want to, I want to go in there and say, I go to a comic shop and go, yeah, this this is this is cool. This looks okay in Iraq. It isn't like tired looking or sleepy or or kind of. It's I want to do the you know the Marvel bombastic stuff. And luckily at the time, it was going full throttle. It sure was. Yeah, and so I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. I don't want to do, you know, and, you know, I, wor- I worked on Legend of Zelda. Did you see that? Did you find that stuff? Yes, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> and that's very quiet and very cartoony, very clean. Mm-hmm. And, um, but frustrating because I, I, you know, I, I'm at the time where I'm like, I really want to explode. And uh, even some of the stuff for first and I did for Eclipse, I was like, well, it's okay, but I just, I really want to step off the diving board and um, I can't with some of this material and, plus my limited skill set. But at the time I got to Marvel, I think I was pretty much ready. I was ready to get on something, and for good or bad, and they threw me a few things to do, and then suddenly I was available and on deck for uh, X-Force. They said, we want you to do it. I said, okay. You didn't have very many times when you had um, sort of a, a, a long string of monthly titles consecutive. Like you did, uh, you did, yeah. you did a few issues of Superman in a row. And then you did these issues of X Force, but a lot of the other stuff that you did were they were kind of uh, one shots here and there. You did an issue of Wolverine or an issue of X Factor. What was the difference between doing a one off and doing several consecutive issues in a row? Well, X Force. I love X Force. Was a lot of fun because the moment I got in the office, the first thing he goes, "The book is very late." I go, "How late?" He goes, "All oh, about three weeks late." I go, "So how much <laughs> time do I have?" He goes, but, yeah, literally, because literally, you can, you can do the book in a week. I said, a week? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I hit the ground running like crazy on that one. And wow. uh, we were, I was banging on that sofa, no sleep, no lots of coffee. I'd walk around the room at, I don't know what time of day it would be, but I'd look around and try to find cups of coffee that the coffee hadn't had green fuzz on it yet and drink out of it <laughs> and go back to the board. And so I worked on a, I was, I worked on a demon also. Demon is a, uh, for DC, I did a, a new talent showcase or one of those books I can't remember what it was I did like his demon installment yeah for like five or six pages like three or four of those in a row and that that was that was easy enough to do because that was a normal schedule and I was able to do that but yeah when I got to Marvel they started throwing me on all kinds of covers trading cards pinups uh, all kinds of weird things that you know just to, to, you know because I could I guess I was better for that I guess maybe I wasn't good enough yet to do to carry a book that long. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I had, uh, I was following on Rob, so, you know, for better or worse, it's Rob, you know. It's like, I'm not like following um, Mark Silvestri, which I did in Wolverine. I'm like, okay. you know, I, that was, Wolverine was scary. I, was, I loved having Wolverine, but I was like, oh, I really, I, if I could have stayed on that for three or four issues, I would love to have stayed on that for three or four issues, and I would have figured out how to draw that better. I didn't know, I didn't know quite how to handle that. That wasn't the same kind of material. Even though it was bombastic, it wasn't really, Rob's stuff was a little more younger, a little more bigger, a little more, a little more cartoony, bombastic. And I thought Wolverine was a little, little more because of Sylvester and because of what Larry Hammond was writing, trying for an older audience, a little more educational type of. of it was, it was good stuff. That issue that you did for Wolverine was a pretty, um, like it dealt with the death of Silver Fox. Yeah, and I wish I wish I could have spent more time in that one. Yeah, because this is not the only time. You've done a few issues here, and I want to bring these up here, where you deal with some very heavy subject matter. Wolverine, the death of Silver Fox is one of them, because of just the way Sabretooth 
uh, killed her. Like, what? What? Tell me yeah. about drawing, um, being immersed in this issue right here, Wolverine '64. I, again, it, it, it was dark and it's and it was solid and it was adult. And I thought to myself, as I said, I was trying to gear myself more and more towards the big bombastic, you know, over the top type of stuff. And when that was given to me, I said, "Wow!" I said, "I, I really." I remember reading the script, and I, I liked Larry. I had a big fight with Larry Hammer over what I was doing, and I said to him, "I go, I'm not Sylvester. I go, give me some time, and I'll get there." I said, "But I'm just where I'm at, where I'm at now." And I said, "I'm, I'm all, I'm being awesome." I said, "I go, I, I, I think you're a great writer. I wish I was a better artist." I go, because he wasn't wasn't really thrilled with what I was doing. I said, "But I'm bringing to it the best I can to make it something special. I'm trying to make it something that you look at it." pops up the page comes to you I said and I wish that my drawing skills were better especially under, this, under the time frame this, how much speed I you know, used to turn stuff around I had a fight in the office in the X-Men office about that because, <laughs> oh no oh no yeah yeah no I, I got really I got hot under the collar I said you know because he starts complaining to me I said and I said to him I go here here's a pencil I go show me how you want me to lay it out show me I, you know I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm willing to listen to anybody, anybody, to tell me a better way, or even what their way is. Don't right. just tell me it's wrong, mm-hmm. or it's not good enough. Show me what you're talking about. Show, explain, don't, and don't go and find a book and come back and point to something. Show me, explain me, look at the work that you're pointing to. And so I'm lifting weights all the time. I'm big, I got long hair. I'm like, I look like I belong in a subway somewhere, like, robbing <laughs> people. I look like, I really, I, yeah, now yeah. I'm much more normal looking. And Bob Harris, I was a real sweet guy. He's a real nice editor. Super sweet guy. Really, I was like Bob. But and I'm raising my voice to Larry, and Larry's looking at me, and Bob is behind the desk, like he's, and he's getting lower and lower because he knows it looks like we're getting ready to start throwing punches at each other. I not that I wanted to, but I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be put on a spot where I'm being. A, I felt like I was being attacked, and I said, I really tried. I'm trying to do the best I can. I said, Show me, show me this, show me this, and of course. Larry couldn't for some strange reason. He put the pencil down. He said, oh, I really don't know. So later on, we had we agreed. I went to his studio on the corner somewhere. And we had a we had a talk. We talked it out, and I said, "I'm coming from the school of Gil Kane." I said, "Gil Kane, Jack Kirby." I go, "That's where I'm. That's my mindset." I go, "I love John Buscema. I love Sylvester. I love Neil Adams. I love a lot. Of, I love Alan Davis. I love a lot of guys that are realistic." I said, "But I'm really coming from this kind of a cartoon structure still." I said, "I really am enjoying that. That's where I'm at now." I go, I, you know, Sylvester's been doing what he's been doing for at least, you know, six, seven years before I even got in there. I said, you know, he, he's got to figure it out. I yeah. said, I'm just getting in there. I said, you, you know, got to give me some time on things. I said, I'll, I'll get there. So we, we discussed, we, you know, we got along, I guess, kind of well, but that was the one issue. That was the only thing. It was, and I was only there for one issue. It wasn't, to be, it wasn't like an ongoing thing. It was only one, I guess, where the Mark could, couldn't make it or Texier couldn't make it or what the deal was. I can't remember. They were shuffling people around. And um, I was just given it. So, mm-hmm. as I said, I was given lots of you know covers and uh, annuals. And one of the things that I just came across my desk a few months back was kind of interesting. Was I did a uh, oh, what was it now? It's the the every year Marvel would do a uh, comic book version of what how much money they made for the for the uh, investors. Oh, okay. And this wasn't a book you can buy in the sh- wasn't a book you can buy in the rack. It was a book that went out to the investors. Huh. And they they hired and at the time they had just I guess they were joining up or getting ready to buy or had bought Malibu, so I got to do a double page spread of the Marvel characters and the Malibu characters coming together across the street shaking hands, and stuff like that. Nice. That was interesting. You know, I get to do something. I, I don't know who the Malibu characters are at the time. I'm like, you know, here's the, here's the reference. 
what do you want to do? I said, let's do a pinup where, you know, and we figure out something with the editor and what they think is be kind of a cool thing. And jobs like that were like always coming my way because I guess they liked me enough, but they probably thought, well, he's not quite ready to carry a book like Spider-Man or even X-Force, I think. No, he did a nice job in X-Force. I really had, I had the feel for that one. I liked that one a lot. And uh, I would like to have stayed on that one a little bit longer. But also, I also wanted to leave Marvel and come to Image. And that was kind of the thing also. There was a point where I had really wanted to get in Marvel, and then I got to Marvel, and then I said, well, what else is going on now? Now that I'm here, what else do I want to do? And I said, you know what? I've gotten pretty high up where I want on the ladder at Marvel, and I know all these guys. I talked to Jimmy. I talked to Jim, uh, Lee and Rob, and these guys were getting ready, and they're all in California, and they're all getting ready to start their own thing. I was, I was privy to that. I, I'd come out. I had friends in California. I'd come to visit, and I'd heard that this was going to be happening. And of course, I think Marvel didn't want to talk about it, but I, I heard that, okay, now I, was, I have a chance to kind of, I'm on the fence in a way, I can kind of make the jump over there, and maybe that's a good thing to do or not a good thing to do. I, I feel like, I like Marvel, but I don't want to be drawing Marvel forever. I think I want to go and, now I'm not taking these chops, and I want to take them somewhere else, the image, and then from image I'm thinking, I'd like to maybe from there, once I'm over in LA or Hollywood, kind of do storyboards. And kind of do, cause I, I also kind of like that, like helping tell stories in a complex type of fashion how I look at it mm-hmm. help the directors or production teams and I worked on Deadpool the first one yeah and uh, uh, you did the the famous highway scene I did so much stuff on that I don't know how much it was used I, I have to I have to watch the movie again but I did so many different action and fight scenes I did all this I did things for the like the special effects people they yeah. want to you know special over, over the top effects Okay. And even though the director goes, well, I want this, and I go, here's what could be cooler. He goes, you know what? At one point, he writes me a letter back, and the director and I was talking by emails. He goes, Mark, he goes, you've kind of wandered off the farm. He goes, it's not a bad thing, now keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, nice. <laughs> so, you, you know, because I, I was trying to stick to what he wanted, but I'm going, I know this material. I know probably, I know, I know it better than he does, because, again, I work on that stuff. I'm thinking, I know how much fun to make this stuff. Yeah. And I know, I know I know how the character was written and who he was really well. And I said, let me go in and just make it as crazy as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah. And that was fun. I mean, that's like I said. And, and I do miss I do miss once in a while working on Marvel projects. I don't know if I want to be a Marvel pencil all my life. I think that was I don't want to be any kind of guy all my life. I think editorial didn't want to be all my life. I always like to kind of find it. I find it challenging and interesting if I can apply myself somehow a little differently to something more. But still draw. If that makes any sense. I, oh, for I don't sure. Know. Yeah. 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 Well then you're always uh, learning, you're always growing, right? I'm never I'm not bored. I'm yeah. never bored. I mean I've got I've got after you I've got two phone calls coming in. Hey, um, great. from two different directors. One director is going to be for a Arm and Hammer commercial and the other one is gonna be for a theme park in Bali. Wow. Which is gonna have me drawn I can't. I don't know if I can really tell you, but you know, stuff that's major motion, the the, the, the giant films, those giant films, amazing, uh, the films that are just you know, the over the top stuff, and uh, that's a good but, variety. You know, they, need to, they need to adapt it. They need to adapt it. They can't, you know, they need to create new material for these theme parks, and uh, it's to me, it's all, it's all, it's all whether I got a little kid, you know, having smelly socks and complaining to his mom about it, or I've got giant robots destroying Manhattan. <laughs> it's as long as I find it, 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 there's a bit of a challenge and it's interesting. I find, oh, yeah, this is how I applied it myself to this one. It's not the same old, same old. Yeah. And uh, so I, I find that fun, you know, and 
I always get bored easily. I think that's my, that was my problem as, as I attention deficit, whatever I guess you call it. <laughs> but I love to draw, like I said, and that's something that I, I and, and the funny thing is now I'm trying to jump over to um, this program called Procreate. I oh, have yeah. a tablet and I draw on the tablet with Procreate and it's a great tool. It's great for a lot of things, but it's crazy. I still like paper and pencil so much better. Yeah. And I'm trying so hard because I'm, I, the program Procreate is able, I'm able to do so many things to cut, to paste, to color, to tone, to erase. But I, for some reason, when I put pencil to paper on and I start a job, it's like, it's the right thing. It's, it feels like the right fit. And then uh, after I spend a couple hours doing that, then I'll transfer it into the Photoshop or into the Procreate and I'll rework and work on top of it from there. But I always like the initial pencil hitting the paper like your sneakers hitting the asphalt going and then running and feeling your legs pump when you're running and it always feels like it's the right thing for me mm-hmm. and I feel I, I wish I was 15 years younger I, I'd be much better at adapting to the computer stuff um, so but I'm doing I'm, I'm, I'm swinging still which is not a bad thing yeah tell me a little bit more about X-Force was it Bob Harris that brought you in on, on the title yes yes Bob brought me in and because uh, I had done something what the hell? I, I did something where I adapted Rob's style. I can't remember what the job was, but they, they were really impressed by that. They liked that a lot. They said, and they said Rob was leaving. They need something to fill, fill the spot without making it, you know. I guess I was transitional. I was a way, good way of not shocking the crowd. And I think that's what it was. And I said, no, no, I, I definitely, you know, I figured out how to do what he was doing to a certain extent. But making it, of course, showing it my way. Some people, some of my old friends, my old artist friends going, what are you doing? You're selling out. I go, no, no, I, I go, it's fun to adapt styles. I go, I don't mind it. You know, I like Jeff Jones, I like Kaluta, I like Frazetta. You know, I, I'd like to, you know, uh, I like who I am too, but what's part of the road to travel on is being able to put those different shoes on once in a while. And and, and whenever I talk to kids uh, or young people or adults, I teach classes, whatever, once in a while, I, I always say, find an artist you like. Find an artist you like and emulate that person. I go, you're not going to be that person. Believe it, as hard as much as you'd like to be, think you're going to become that person. You're not going to be that person, but you're going to learn a tremendous amount of skills by trying to emulate that person and fit in their shoes because they have gotten there. And, only, and, and you don't need to, you can sit there for 10 days or 10 months. I go, but at least put some time in to say, I'm going to draw like this person. I'm going to paint like that person. And I think you, and that's how, that's how I've always learned. I've always learned by studying like a different artists. And I said, I want to be that person for an art for a little while on certain projects where I'm working on. I, uh, when I did editorial illustration, I love, I love Brad Holland and Edward Sorrell, Peter Cooper. There's a lot of guys that I, that I, I loved. And I said, I want to be them. I want to, how do I do an illustration? And I would get those illustration jobs occasionally. I go, that's a Brad Holland. That's a, that's an Edward Sorrell. Um, that's a, whoever it was that I was, in love with at the time. I go, I'm gonna apply my pen ink, my scratch board technique, my, my gouache technique, whatever it might be, I'm gonna apply it and do something like that and see how, how I could do it. And sometimes I get it, sometimes I go, that's miserable. <laughs> it didn't work out that well. <laughs> right. But it's good to try, it's, it's good to try. You emulate Rob's style in the issues that you do here, but in what way do you bring something new to X-Force? I think Rob's stuff was more fun. <laughs> really? I think yeah. Rob's X-Force was more fun, fun, tongue-in-cheek fun, more bouncy. And I think that I brought in something, I said, let me go, and I really want to draw a little more harder, a little more real. Yeah. I want a little more, a little more, looking at John Massimo like crazy, looking at Sylvester at the time like crazy, but not 
trying to get too much like that, trying to combine them, trying to get get the get the two to work. And so I look back I, in my mind's eye, and I think that some of my stuff might have been a little more scarier looking than Rob's. Rob made it more fun. Rob made the stuff. He made the material more fun. He knew he knew it better. And as I said, I could have stayed on a thing for if I could have stayed on a book for a year, I would have really figured out how to go in there and and make it more fun. I mean, there were times where I was drawing characters, and I was having fun, and they were more bouncy. But I think that also the, dead, the deadline crunches that they were, the yeah. intensity of having to turn things around, that kind of hurt a little bit of the growth. But it, but it hurts one way and helps another way. One way you don't have time to second guess yourself. You just got to put it down and keep running. Uh, so that's kind of a good thing. But, you know, retrospect, I look back and go, boy, I wish I could have had like 10 more days. I would have <laughs> you know, fixed a few more things. I would have... I would have opened up the layouts more. I would have gone in there and found that the fun part of the, of the character, the quality of the characters. But again, there was a visceral quality that I was also trying to go for, and I thought some of that came across pretty well. Uh, a good story, I can tell you a good story. One day I come up to Marvel from, I walked in the, I come out of the elevator, and, you know, people say, hello, Mark, how are you doing, usual? And it seemed a little more quieter that day to me. I don't know, like, I'm thinking, it's just me, like, getting kind of odd looks from people. And I'm thinking, well, usually I get odd looks because I'm kind of a crazy guy, whatever. I'm thinking, there's, you know, giving me odd looks, whatever, and I'll just let it roll on. And then maybe a couple hours later, I'm hanging out, and I'm talking to one of the assistant editors, and I think it was Pat Garrahy, who was probably assistant editor on Punisher, I'm going to say, I think. Okay. And Pat, and Pat tells me a story. He goes, you know, what happened today? He goes, no. I said, he goes, Stan Lee was up here today. I said, oh, cool. He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, and everyone followed him around, all the editors, all the assistant editors. They all walked around, and Stan just, you know, talked and talked, and we all followed him around and listened to what he said. And then Stan stopped at the, and there's a wall. There was a big wall outside of the elevator area. They hung up all the monthly Marvel covers on the wall. And there's like, I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of them. And my, I had one up there. I had an X-Force cover up there. It was the one where Cool and Gideon are fighting. It's an up-close type of a wrestling type of a magazine cover type of a pose. Yeah. And Pat goes, we, we, stopped at, we stopped at the wall with Stan. And Stan walked over and he put his finger on your cover. And he said, this guy, this guy's Marvel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like... I go, that's why they give me funny looks. <laughs> I go, <laughs> because again, I, some people liked me, some people didn't. And I think that there's just sort of like, that guy's Marvel? How could that guy be Marvel? You know, and I'm like, it was, it was, a, it was a lovely story here. I know Pat didn't, and Pat wouldn't be lying to me because he was a really honest kid. And I thought, I, I said, thank you for telling me that. I said, I, that made my, my month. Yeah, you don't um, get higher praise than that. And I'm kind of glad I wasn't there because I, well, I would have turned redder looking <laughs> on myself because... It's nice to have heard it like that. That was a nice way to have heard it. Yeah. Um, so I always thought, and it was the X Force. Because yeah, I was getting juice in X Force stuff, and I and I remember doing that cover, going, "This is good. This is a ripping cover. This is going to be just bombastic." And um, I heard Stan liked it. I'm thinking, that's like, there you go. There's there's the kid I wanted to impress. Yeah. So if, you know that that kid liked it. If those kids like it and this kid likes it, then I I, I you know I'm feeling better and better. But because a lot of times. There is insecurity. There's a lot of stuff, especially when I'm, how I was starting out. I'm like, I'm on these things. I'm on these, and then they're, they're big books that I'm going. Don't be insecure. Don't 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 worry. Don't don't stress. And of course I am. I'm fretting all the time. I'm scratching my head. I'm going, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> it, it, it's a reality. You know, you have to kind of like, as much as I want to be ego-driven, you also want to make sure you're you're checking yourself. Mm-hmm. and But not checking yourself where you're hurting the, the progress. And so that's a kind of a fine line for a lot of a lot of people. So he, I think a lot of guys, you know, I think when ego, that's I think that's that's a good thing, a good point to bring up is at that time, yeah, everyone we were working, we everyone had big egos. Everybody, but the big ego really is a defense mechanism to protect yourself because we are scared. Um, at least I was. Yeah. And so you know, oh yeah, you know, you can yell and be ballsy and all kinds of stuff, but reality is. You're trying to get the job done. You want to get more jobs going, but you also know that in your mind's eye, in your heart, that it's not as good as it should be, and you don't want to let you don't want to let it down. I, not so much that I want to let myself down, but I didn't want to let down what it is I was working on. I want to make sure I was going to bring the best I could and make it something special. And I think that, that again, when I was younger, and, and a lot, everyone was, we were all much more robbed. You know, Jim, everybody had more, everyone's a little more ballsy. And I, I hate to say it, but that's, you know, and I, but I do think it's a certain amount of, you know, it has to carry you a certain way to help you, but it can also be a problem where then you want to talk to somebody on a normal level. And at that point, it's hard, it's hard to always dial it down. And if you were three or four people in a room like that, it's pretty ugly on a certain level. Tell me a little bit about uh, working with Fabian Nicieza. Fabian's a sweetheart. Fabian, Fabian's a sweetheart. I'm sorry I, don't, I didn't work more with him. I loved talking to him. He was funny, witty, loved what he was doing. That, that was always another thing. Some, some editors at Marvel, in DC too, I, even at Malibu, it's like, I don't think they belong in comics. They just seem, they didn't seem to be happy there. And, you know, it isn't North like one time I'd meet these people. I'd meet these people again and again and again, and it always seemed like kind of miserable. Like, and not intense miserable, just miserable. Like they weren't really what they wanted. They were frustrated writers or frustrated wherever they were. They didn't seem very happy at it. Not Fabian. Fabian, kid in the candy store. Yeah. The moment you walk in there, it's like he's like a twelve-year-old. It's like you know, he's obviously not. He's, he's a very sharp guy. And, uh, and and I always like working. And that's that's kind of a funny thing when I when I when I talk to people and uh, when I do storyboards, I'm talking to new clients. You know comes across like what am I looking for to work with I said I look forward to work with people that love what they do that are smart smart that are smart I want people who are smarter than me I want sharper than me smarter than me and love what they do I said I love working with people like that I, I love I, I can I can go and I can learn from them and feed off that and they can teach me stuff when you go in there to, to an office and you're working on an illustration job or a comic book job and it's like well, yeah, just get it done by the seventh or something. Okay, whatever. Not Fabian. He had a lot of he had a lot of vim and vigor, and it was fun. It was fun with him. I always always joking with him. We go to lunches and stuff. One day I reach before I'm gone, I reach back to him, and we'll do something together. Because yeah. um, I think I yelled at Fabian once, but it wasn't a bad yell. He put a <laughs> he put a word balloon between two characters, and there was no one else. And then he goes, "Where else can I put it?" I go, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> the two characters are fighting. He put the balloon right in between the middle of them. And I go, yeah, you're right. I go, you're, you know, I go, why did you put it there? So, <laughs> two other issues I want to ask you about. Um, X Factor '83. That was cool. Yeah, that one. You have a group of illegal immigrant mutants, and yes. they they come to town. X Factor takes them under their wing, and one of them gets beaten and killed for being a mutant. And like, holy cow, it was such a heavy issue. 
I, I try to make that pop art. I try to bring the pop art quality to it. I think the pop art quality in my work was pretty strong in that. And I was trying to find it. I was. I really was. I thought that that was a cool fit. I thought that that story was dark, and I and I kept the pop art in a cool but dark but fun way. Also, I find that I love the cover. I think the cover was a lot of fun to do on that one. The story was cool. I thought the story was topical. It's right. It's, it's smart. It's smart. It was smart writing. Mm-hmm. The Peter David, right? Yep, that's Peter David. Yeah, uh, I would love to have done more stuff with him. I, I thought again, tremendous writer. You know, everything he, he turned out, he's like, what? What? That's a comic. That's great. It's not the audience. It's not. It's not quite the, the, the funny audience. It's the older thinking audience. What I was trying to do with the pop, more of the pop art or the, or the bigger images, was I, I was trying to find a way to. Bridge, bridge that gap. Like I, I don't want to be a dark. Like Larry Strong, I love Larry Strong, and I thought Larry Strong was a great choice on that book. But his yeah. stuff almost and it was a little serious, right? And I thought, well, and that's what the material is, and it's realistic and it's serious and it's, I, it's it's stylized and it's elegant and it's felt. I go, but it's kind of looking like it's not for kids. And I'd like to have a 14-year-old who's fairly intelligent pick up the book who's like somewhere between a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old go, look at this cool pop art and then read it and go and get both those crazy levels going. I want the mix and matching. But I don't want to draw it for an 18-year-old. I want to draw it for a 12-year-old. But I want the 12-year-old to come away from going, I read a good, I read a deep story. Yeah. Now, he's not going to know he read a deep story, but he'll have read the deep story and it'll go in that way. And I think that's what I always, you know, with X-Force too, I try to, you know, I want to get that stuff to kind of feel like I could get both those groups. I really want the young kids to go, this is cool looking, but I also want the certain, but I thought the X-Force, the X-Factor was more successful than the X-Force stuff was. Oh, okay. And uh, I would like to have been on that more. That would have been, that would have been a good book to be on for six weeks. The X-Force would have been nice to be on for a year just to do bombastic fun stuff, but the X-Factor would have been great for a year just to really have great storytelling. Not that X Force wasn't, but X Factor was. It was definitely more intense. Now, I also want to ask you about Alpha Flight number one hundred and six. This has become uh, an important issue in today's day and age because it's the issue where North Star comes out of the closet, had this great mm-hmm. AIDS story with this child that has AIDS, and so with the X Factor issue we just talked about, and this issue, like you, these are some huge, like really heavy issues. Um, you have to mm-hmm. treat them very sensitively and, and stuff. So can you tell me well, um, any of your recollections about working on this issue of Alpha Flight? Yelling at Dan Pinocean? Yeah. Because he, I, I, I penciled that book beautifully. I, I put seriously good penciling into that book because I thought that was a sick comic book. Yeah. And I went in there and I drew that thing. I penciled it beautifully. And Dan, again, at, his, at the time, we're, we're trying to bang stuff out for deadlines. And Dan got the deadline done of course but I'm like he just lost he killed all the sensitivities of the drawing most anchors I love even bad anchors they find it, they find it bring a quality to the work and I, I was much more in love with that story and I put such nice pencils into that I was like man I go not that hard line I go soften it soften it you know and I think one point I, I redrew something he got upset and he redrew it and I upset and he was kind of a big a back and forth and that was probably the only time I ever uh, as far as my anchors go, I ever had a kind of a bone in my craw because I knew that that was a really, and that was a sensitive story. But again, I want to make them bombastic. I want to make it over the top and dynamic and big, big shots, but I want to make the drawing sensitive, sweet, mm-hmm. uh, a little more quieter, a little more, 
Alan Davis should have been that issue. That's, that's I guess in my mm-hmm. mind, pencil, like, like an Alan Davis would have been, or Paul Neary would have been the anchor on that one. Well, I think you still accomplished that. It's uh, especially at the very end when you have that character, um, Major Maple Leaf, just hugging North Star because this child's about to die, and, and it's like it, there's so much weight and Thank I, you. I, yeah, it's just it was really really well done. Two good stories about that one. One story was my my first my first bad story was the comics journal did a review of it. Okay. And the reviewer just tore me apart. Oh no. Because I had made him a muscle bound Marvel character. I had done all these things that were antithesis to a true gay character. And I'm like <laughs> and you know, straight or gay, when I when I approach anything it's like I mean, first it's superhero stuff. It, that these are the characters you want to be. Yeah. You know, whether you're straight, gay, man, woman. I, I think you know. I, and North Star was that character. I thought. And I just, you know, I tried to make him as beautiful looking as possible. I said, make him, you know, make him as handsome, as beautiful as I possibly can. Make him angelic, almost angelic. But this review went off like all kinds of muscle boundness, and I don't know this, and I don't know that, and the anatomy, and I was like, wow. I said I thought I, you know, I tried to draw it as beautifully as I could, and then here I just got torn up by this by this reviewer. So that was that. But I said okay, you know. And the other story was at Marvel. So one day I'm at Marvel, and all of a sudden they come over, and I'm in the bullpen, and they they come and they hide. They come and they, someone grabs me and hides me away. Who was it now? I can't remember. Some editor. It wasn't wasn't Bobby Chase. It wasn't the editor. It was another editor that I worked for somebody else. They come over to me and they said, Mark, Mark, CNN's up here. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. I go, <laughs> why? And I think, just, just please don't. I'm like, okay, no problem. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I'm happy not to, you know, I'm not going to bother anybody. But I, you know, and I see, then I see the character running around with her, with her, with her, you know, up there. It's a big hullabaloo. And of course, the reason, and the reason why I, it wasn't so much that it was they were trying to hide it, hide me from exposure. It was because of what had happened with the, um, they got, you know, down south. Down south, there was a big thing where had the, the books were sent back, and all kinds of stuff. Oh, really? And there was a, yeah, there was a, there was some crazy. There was some. There were people who were nuts losing their minds over that book. Even though I went to a second or third printing, I believe there was a there was a real blowback from from the distributors down south, and Marvel just didn't want to give it any kind of uh, any kind of wood on the fire. So. I guess to have me come on and everybody talk about it, and you know, I think it was discussed a little bit in the news, but it was, you know, they didn't want to rattle the, the rattle the cage too much, and I, I got that. Yeah, it is groundbreaking to a lot of people, but real human beings, they get it. But there's certain part, pockets of people that, you know, they they'll make things worse than they should, just because they have an excuse to, or because they've got they don't they can't quite see the 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 wood the, the, the the woods for the trees, whatever. Right. And so it's better to sometimes to be low-key about certain things. Just get it out there and let people read it and then quietly enjoy it. And if they want to go crazy about like collecting double copies or triple copies, that's fine too. But <laughs> again, they were going into a place that was uncharted. I mean, this is, you know, this is uncharted area. Yeah. This is, you know, I am gay. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that's in a comic book at that time. Yeah. You know, now it's pretty normal. Now it's pretty, you know, it's like, oh, gee, there's gay people in the world. Yeah, hello. You know. It's amazing. Nothing new. It's, it's, we've, it's been this way since we crawled out of the water. Even then, I'm sure there was, you know, amoebas that loved amoebas that were who they were. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it is what it is. It's, it's crazy. And 
and honestly, I don't want to live in a world where I'm, it's all me. I don't want to be in a world where everybody talks like me, acts like me. Yeah. I don't want to be in love with me. You know, it's like, why would you want that? So, every, so everyone has to have, find who they want to be with, and it should be as different or as unique or as interesting or whoever it is they're, they're drawn to, they should be able to go to and be with. Just be happy. Life, is, life goes so quick. Yeah. It goes so it goes so darn fast. I'm telling you now because we're talking about stuff when I was a kid, and now I'm an old man. It's like crazy. So, kids, kids, listen to me. Love the one you're with. Okay, go on. <laughs> Nothing soapbox. But so there that was go. the the CNN story, and um, I was honored to do that project, yeah. and um, I enjoyed that very much. And it was it was heavy. It was a heavy story. And I, I said the pencils. I wish I made copies of the pencils, which I didn't. But they were there. But but again, if you liked, if you got it, you saw it, and you that's that's good. Yeah, there was some stuff in there. I really, I, I really tried to draw as beautifully as I could. And some things were there's some ugliness to some of it sometimes. And luckily, the story didn't have ugly characters. Right. You know, I didn't have to deal with I didn't have to deal with righteous uh, righteous um, knuckleheads in the story. <laughs> I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to illustrate. That element, you know, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's like I don't want to give them. I don't want to give those types of people or that kind of thought credence. Uh, I did something once for. Uh, I worked for Larry, Larry Wachowski, Lana Wachowski. We worked together on Hellraiser comics. Okay. And Clive Barker's books, and we worked together on that for, for a couple for a couple projects. And one project that he had written. And we got along real well. I, you know, Larry and I even stayed with me for a while in New York, and I said, you know, we got along pretty well. Larry's Larry. Now he's Lana, though. I keep remembering he's Lana, not Larry. Right. But he had, he had written something that was, how to say, it was offensive. It was really offensive on a level to me that I I was dating. I, was, I, I, I won't go into particulars of it, but it was, it was just offensive. And I, and I said, I could Larry go, Larry, I really want to draw that. I said, he goes, well, why not? He goes, he goes it's, 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 you know, it's for the story. The story's a dark story. It's for you know, this and that, this and that. I go, you know, but I go, that, what you're asking me to draw, is not going to be interpreted in a positive way. It's going to be taken, it's going to be interpreted as a positive way to negative people. Hmm. I said, I don't want to gratify that type of person. I go, That's, there's nothing in that what you want me to draw that's going to make it go it's you know I, I like horror I get horror I love horror I love all I mean uh, you know and, as horrible as possible I mean creepy stuff evil stuff bad stuff but there was something that he wanted me to draw and I pushed back on it I said let's find another way for me let's find another way not for me to do this I go I really don't feel comfortable I don't want to do that so he said okay then just, we'll just leave it out but he was he really wanted he really wanted this thing to be drawn wow and I said, I, as I said, I don't want to give, I don't want to give candy to those kind of people. You know, I think that, wow. that if they're if they're if they're that if they're, if they're that bad already by themselves, again, there's nothing about this that was nothing about that. I, I felt this wasn't a redeeming thing to do. This is something that was pandering towards a really bad element. And I felt, you know, at the time, and I still do, things like that that occasionally come up, and, and, and certain jobs will wield their ugly heads. It's a real rarity, but there was something in there. I go, it's not really something that's gonna. You know, oh well, you know, you can, you can use the you can use the guise of education of saying, well, you know, you need to show both sides of the, of the coin in order to understand what, what it's about. I go, yes, but not to make it gratuitous, not to make not to give. I don't, I don't want to lend beauty to that part of the coin. I don't want to 
put that on a pedestal and say, here is the bad part. Here's the bad element. Here's the bad, here's the worst of, 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 of mankind. And let's now we can see how bad it is because Mark has drawn it so beautifully. We can now understand that it's a bad thing. I, I go, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't believe that for a second. I think that people will look at that in the lowest common denominator or, a, or the bad part of them or the bad people will see that and gravitate towards it and think it's re- reaffirmation to thinking or feeling that way about other people. Yeah. And so once in a while, I, I, I said no to that kind of stuff. Well, then that shows some good teamwork, though, if both of you can um, hash it out and, and come to an understanding oh, yeah. and, and pr- still produce something that's that both of you are happy with. Yes. No, I, I thought so. I thought that that was... And I was trying for something different on those books. I, I tried, and again, I, and I had some editors yell at me going, why are you drawing like this? Why are you drawing like this? Because I, I want to try something different. I want to try something different. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, again, I want to step outside of my comfort zone a little bit still tell a good story but I want to find a way to stylize it in a way that it is not so much for little kids but it's still got this kind of a feel to it and I remember drawing that in a way and some editors were going oh you're just, you're just doing horrible work I said no I'm making I was just using a chopstick to ink with I was using all kinds of weird things to ink and draw with because it, I, as an illustrator I look at I look at all types of work. I liked all types of block cut, wood cuts, you know, you paint with a paint roller. I mean, the, the ways you could draw. And, and I thought, well, here's, if, if, there's, if there's any place that I could apply something other than a comic book look, this is the place to do it. This is Hellraiser. 12-year-olds are not buying this book. 15-year-olds are not really buying this book. They shouldn't <laughs> be anyway. Right. Because this stuff is dark. This stuff is really dark and heavy. And I said, if anything, I can go in there and try to find a, I think I was trying to, trying to do it a Japanese style, I think, of anything, trying to do a Japanese type of a scratchy kind of a ink block look. And I, I really loved it. I was trying to do something different, I think. But again, it wasn't always successful. But I thought it worked really well with the material. But again, you know, some pinups were really good. Some pinups, they weren't that good. Uh, again, I'm still, I'm still young. I'm still trying to figure out myself what I was doing, where I was doing it, and what I was doing it for. But I said, if I'm going to apply myself, again, I wouldn't apply that look to X-Force. X-Force had that look, Hellraiser had that look. Right. You know, and yeah. I think if you look at the two jobs, you go, that's the same guy? And so that was another thing. I think I always, I always would try to, you know, change myself up, which I always find fun, challenging, which I think probably might have hurt me from doing steady books, because I wasn't always the steady type of a guy. I, I really try to find another project to work on, whether I was inking somebody or penciling them type of a book or what it might have been. But I did always like to make things big and bombastic and, and a lot of energy in it so that always I think kind of permeated the work but the finish was always a little different uh, the heavy metal job I, you know, I rendered it with a brush I rendered it like I was trying to be uh, part of the Jeff Jones Mike Kaluta Bernie Wrightson studio okay. I said I'm going to go in there with a render sort of brush and I colored it I, I, I colored that thing with um, it's funny later on I found out that at the time I used I'd gotten a set of photo retouching dyes and like Dr. Martin's dyes but these were photo retouching dyes and I had a full set of like 12 of these colors they're in jars they're liquid they're, they're very intense they're very beautiful colors and I had a tendency when I'm watercoloring to put the brush in my mouth to pull the point a lot of times Uh-oh. and I was doing that with this stuff yeah 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 right <laughs> and of course the job is done and I find out from I guess a girlfriend of mine who would give me the inks a few weeks later she was you put that in your mouth she was are you crazy and then she's a, she 
this is what she did for her living. She was a photo retoucher. And she and she's like, read me the riot act. I said, oh God, I go, well, I'm still here. And I'm still, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I didn't drink that much of it. But oh. but I but I tried to color that thing like it was from the, actually the art director from Heavy Metal. When I dropped the Heavy Metal job off, he comes out in the hallway. He goes, I want to meet you. I said, why? He goes, the coloring on that. He goes, it's like, did you, did you do drugs? I go, no. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, because you colored that beautifully. You colored that thing like you were on acid. I go, thank you. I go, I, I wanted to make it as vibrant and as intense as I could and, and painterly at the same time. I was always, I always, I always, I paint, I paint, uh, I all paint, I clothe paint. So I wanted to be a painterly quality to it, but also use a kind of a, a more of a, a bright palette. And um, I thought that was nice that he said that. I think because I'm thinking they published stuff that was just crazy as far as coloring goes. Yeah. And I thought that that was a nice compliment. But yeah, but, but again, that job was, Different from the Hellraiser job, different from the X Force job, different from the Spider Man. My first, my first job was a Spider Man backup story. Did you find that one? No, I didn't. What was that? I did a Spider Man story for, I did Spider Man once, and that was it. It was a, what was that book? That's how I, that's how I got onto Marvel. They gave me a a uh, a backup story with Spider Man, and that's what I did from the very first job I did for, for Marvel. I don't know if the Marvel had a new talent showcase book or it was some kind of a back. Maybe it was the back of an annual. It might have been a story in the back of an annual. And I was like, Spider Man? I go, whoa, 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 wait a second. You know, and, and Spider Man's hard to draw off. That webbing, that's not easy. <laughs> that, that webbing on the costume. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I remember just going, oh my gosh, it just it's not looking right. Go, How does Todd do this? I go, it's crazy. Todd makes it look so cool. Todd, Todd was, I like Todd. We met, I met Todd a few, a few times before I at the Extreme Studios, and I thought he was a he was a funny guy. He was sharp. He was very sharp, and, and but but also very funny. I did two Spawn pinups for Todd, and one of the pinups they made into a maxi shirt. The pinup that I did was just a close up of Spawn's face with all the stitches in it. That was the whole page. It was just a close up of the face, like just horrible looking. And then I guess about a year later. I get a, I get a, I get a stack, of, I get a box in the mail, and they, they like five or six, they send me five or six of these shirts with a giant face printed on it. I'm going, that's nice. cool looking. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that was cool. I think they just paid me in shirts, so I guess that was their way of being nice to me. But I was like, that was cool. But I did, yeah, two, two, two pinups for Todd. I did trading cards for Jim Lee. I did, a, I think I did, I did a Wild Storm, a Wet Works backup, I think, for one or two issues. Okay, I think I found your Spider-Man story. Uh, in Marvel Tales number two fifty six called Freaks, written by Scott Lobdell and Dan Slott. Scott Lobdell, Dan Slott. I miss those guys. They were nice guys. Nice. They were great guys. They were great guys to work with. They were. They were again some of the editors that I, I look forward to talking to, and again, you know, learning my craft of the business. Right uh, you go in there and they talk about things, and they were editors. They were editors that loved what they did, also. Like, like like Fabian oh one last X-Force story okay so when I drew X-Force I drew every page as a full bleed oh really the original the original couple pages on every one of those are full bleeds oh wow that means they go every, all work was right to page yeah and I remember having a big argument with Bob Harris Mark we can't do this I go well why not it costs more money I go what do you mean it costs more so they would they would put tape of the artwork on the very bottom to shear it up so it would fit inside the printed format of where it had to be inside those those lines. And the reason was, he said, because it costs more money 
to do the full bleeds. And I'm like, Bob, I go, these books are selling in the millions. <laughs> How much does it cost, really, to go a full bleed? Is it really that much money? And then, of course, it wasn't. And I think I, I got away with, a, I, they let me get away with a lot more of it than I, you know, again, they, once in a while they, they would go in there and have to shear up the tape, whatever, but once in a while yeah. I'd go, please, let that be a bleed, let that be a bleed, let it be a bleed. It's, the drawing is so big, it can't be contained. It's gotta go off the page. And so I'd go in there and I'd argue with them with, on that one. And uh, so all those X-Forces were drawn to be full bleeds, like crazy me that I was. I wanted everything, I, I'm like, I wanted, I'm seeing things so big in my yeah. mind that I wanted it to be Jumping out of the jumping out of the out of the book, and like, and I thought that was just kind of a that's a, that's a that was a good story. I thought the tape. That's amazing. I came in one day and I see them, they're putting tape on the pages. I go, what are you doing? They go, we can't do bleeds. I go, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm flipping through it now, and I can totally see where the the tape is. Like now that you you've yeah. mentioned it, that yeah, totally, I can absolutely see that. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. And also one more thing, one of those X forces. I can't remember what shoot was. I did a four page pinup. Right, I yes. One of those books, it's a four-page pinup. I don't know if you could spot that, if that's readable anymore. Yep, it's an X-Force number 13. Trying to make, again, trying to go outside of the, the realm of reality. And I said, you know what, I don't want to do a double-page spread. I want to do a four-page spread. Yeah. And so I said, you want you to buy both, if you're going to buy both the books because you're a collector, now you're going to buy both, put them together, and you're going to see this beautiful four-pager. Awesome. As beautiful as I can make at the time, rushing rushing through it, but I wanted to make something special. Like you, you know, you're not just getting, you know, um, sequential artwork. You're going to get something kind of cool. I think Saranko did some stuff like that. I was impressed with that as a kid. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was that was a thing to do. And what other X Force thing I can go on? One more thing I can go on about the the image of uh, oh, was it Cable? Yeah. They colored it all pink and red on the cover. That wasn't how I wanted them colored. I did a color guide for that. I did a color guide where I made that thing spew gray and blue, and I made that thing intense, his head, and they colored it, Russo's, George Russo's, I don't know why, they colored it that pink and red. And I go, why are you coloring it that color? And they're like, well, we like this color. I said, okay. But I thought that my color was so much more, it was more scary, it was more intense, more real. And I think maybe the red was they were trying to get that Terminator red eye oh, to work yeah. all across the cover. And I go, yeah, but now the whole cover is just pink red. I, uh, again, things like that where, you know, but you, you go with it. You just got to go with it. You, gotta, you know, you got to go, okay. You know, you say something for three seconds or for three minutes, and they would explain or show me something, or, or I would say something. That sometimes they go my way, sometimes they go their way. And, you know, the important thing is just bottom line, get it done on time. Of course, the books were late. The books were very, very late. I was, I was always, always trying to catch up on everything, so... Well, we've been chatting for about an hour now, so I think we should wrap things up. Is there anything that you want to promote or anything like that to our listeners? Anything people should check out? Well, I did a comic book for Image called Tooth and Claw. Okay. Put out in 1999. Yeah. Did three issues of that, and that's out there. It's on the, it's on the web if you go to my website. But at the very bottom of the first page is a little banner that says Tooth and Claw, and you'll be able to see all three books online. Nice. And those are published in 1999. And if you look at those carefully and read in between the lines, you'll see how that was adapted by a major movie, uh, motion picture franchise, which uh, one of these days I'll get my revenge on those people. <laughs> okay. But, but regardless, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, that was my thing for myself. And now I'm working on something now. I've got um, working on another... I got four issue book I'm working on now, pencil wise. I've got three pages I'm working on fixing fixing up some images on it. And I'm going to start tighten the pencils in that probably next month 
if I can get that thing inked by midsummer, I'll be very, very happy. And that's a four-issue book that is, I think, pretty cool. I haven't done anything like this in a while, so that's I'm looking forward to getting that out there and letting people see that, and they can tell me whether I've learned, if I've if I've ever gotten any better. I'm sure I hear a lot of people saying, "Mark, you've gotten worse." Uh-oh. What are you doing? Why are you Why are you doing? I, you know, occasionally I get people write me. You know, I get these weird letters where you know, "Why are you in comics?" You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I like to draw. That's all. But, you know, but be persistent. I think that's the bottom line. I'd say to everybody. Um, uh, I was very persistent. I still am. When I go after jobs, I go after clients, I go after things I need to learn, and people tell me stuff, no, 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 you're not any good, this or that, negative stuff. You listen to it with a grain of salt, obviously, but honestly, the really intelligent people that I like to work with, the people that like, the, the kid-like people that enjoy what they do, I never hear that from them. I hear from them how positive they are about the process right. of creativity, or what the project might be. And when I work with those people, it's one of the best things in, in the world um, because they get it. I get it. They get it. Nobody's they, they, nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. But there's a sense of we're in this to make this thing as cool as we can. Whether I say whether it's for a theme park, whether it's for a movie, whether it's for a cartoon, whether it's for commercial selling, on the arm deodorant. Um, <laughs> when I work with those people, I love it. The people I say the, the people you have to watch out for are the ones that, for some reason or other, are. Negative. They're just they're, they're, there's a, there's a certain thing where, well, what you're doing is this, but you could do it better. Well, how can I do it better? Well, I don't know exactly, but you know, you're just not as good as you should be, or that kind of stuff. So right. when you hear that kind of stuff, you just right away you got to put on your tough skin and go, that's not to me. That's not to me. And again, be persistent to what you want to do. If you want to do comic books, you want to do album covers, you want to do uh, be a director. I mean, you know, if you want to be a director, you got you know, you've got to just be focused, be really focused and, and find out how you get in there and work hard to get there and um, just, yeah, watch the negativity. It's not, it's not going to help you. I mean, obviously, as I said, once I'll get back to that one more time for you, I go is that it's good to have an ego. Have the ego, but understand what the ego is there for. It's, help, it's there to help you, help drive you and hold you up. But don't uh, make it become a, a shield or a weapon with spikes on it and, and don't make it that the only thing you have to hold in your hand. Hold your hand out. Shake hands. Make people. They don't want to shake your hand. Then thank you very much and go somewhere else. And you know, have the shield, have the ego, but don't make it such a part of your of your of your life that that you've got to hide behind it and you got to use it to defend off. I mean, I, again, once you once you meet those people that get along with you, and, and you, then you will you will get them. You go. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm here. There you go. Wise words. Very rare I've ever jaded on a college job that I'm like I don't want to do this. Um, very rare. I think 99% of my jobs, I'm only going, they want to pay me to do this? Really? <laughs> so <laughs> That's a good spot to be in. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. So, Curtis, thank you for the time. Thank you for asking the questions. I hope I answered everything that you need to know. Oh, I think you, I think you did. This was a fantastic conversation. So I thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Feel free to touch back in whenever you want. You're sure. reading anything from me. I'm, I'm always here. Sure.